Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name's Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting, trading, scouting, and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here we have in store for us today on episode number 93, I'm going to talk about trades that have recently taken place in the leagues that I'm a part of. So over the last month, I have spoken about five of my rookie drafts, and what I tried to do in each podcast was tell you about the players that I picked, why I picked them, and then with each round of the draft too, I also listed what I consider to be the biggest reach and the best value of each round. So I kind of wrote about and podcasted about the drafts that I've already been in, the rookie drafts. I've been in five of them, and I have two more coming up, and I actually just started a startup draft this uh, morning, so that's going to be pretty fun as well. So I'll continue to write about those as they come, but now that there's been a little bit of a lull between the drafts that I'm going to have, I thought one thing that I could do is tell about the trades that happened because I didn't report on that um, during the, the podcast where I just told about the players that I picked and why and then the highest, biggest reach and the, and the best value. There were a lot of trades in the leagues uh, that I was in, and there's actually more than I'm going to list today, but I'm going to list seven here because they give me a chance to talk about some players that I have not already talked about in previous podcasts. It also does not include trades for my salary cap and contract leagues because that's just much harder to explain why trades were made when people are just doing salary dumps and things like that. So I really just focus here on players and 2021 draft picks that were given up. So with each of these trades, I'll share my opinion on who I think won the trade and whether you agree with me or not. Um, that's okay, but whether you agree with me or not, one of the things that you can do by hearing these actual drafts that took place, you'll get an idea of what other savvy dynasty owners think of these players that they were willing to move in trades. So let's begin. I'll just tell you seven trades that took place um, shortly after the draft or even during the draft. First one is James Conner for Mark Ingram. This is a trade that I made in my FFPC on the day that the draft was over. I made it with the the traded uh, Mark Ingram to the owner that had J.K. Dobbins. I feel like this is a pretty even trade in my opinion. I think Ingram and Connor could both have only one more year left on their team, so neither are like particularly great dynasty assets. Um, Connor's contract expires at the end of the season. Ingram does have one more year left after this year, but he could even get cut if Dobbins steals the job away from him, which I expect him to do by midseason. So I think Ingram could have uh, helped my team in the first few weeks of the year, but it would come harder and harder to start him as the year went on and Dobbins started to eat into his in, into his starting role. In contrast, though, I feel like Connor has a better chance to keep his starting role over Anthony McFarlane, who was drafted two rounds later in the fourth round compared to Dobbins, who was drafted in the second round. And before the draft, I wrongly predicted that Pittsburgh would take a running back in round two and that Baltimore would not draft a running back. You can go back and listen to my podcast where I made that prediction. I completely was wrong on that, wasn't I? The exact opposite happened, which actually caused me to move Connor back up to my running back number 27 and caused me to move Ingram down to my running back 42. So basically here I just stuck with my rankings when this offer, I kind of sent a note to the owner and said, hey, are you interested in Ingram now that you have Dobbins? And he's the one that you know sent back a trade request the next day. His comments were something like, I feel like this is pretty equal. 
I do feel like it's pretty equal, but I had to stick to my board. And like I said, I had moved Connor up to 27 after the NFL draft and moved Ingram back to 42. And so I'm happy to have Connor at least for one year. Maybe he can do really well this year and it can end up being more than one year. Second trade I'll talk about, a pretty big one here, was DeAndre Hopkins uh, was traded for Sony Michelle, Cortland Sutton, and a 2020 uh, second round pick, which turned into Justin Jefferson. So essentially, we've got DeAndre Hopkins was traded for Sony Michelle, Cortland Sutton, and Justin Jefferson. Pretty big trade. This one was another one that was very close, in my opinion. It was in my FFPC league. I nor- in normal dynasty leagues, I definitely would prefer the package side of this deal pretty, pretty easily. But in FFPC leagues, it's a little bit different because there's only 20 player rosters, including a defense and a kicker. And then you actually have to cut back to 16 in the offseason. And so for that sake, it's always kind of better, in my opinion, in these FFPC leagues to have the best player, um, which is definitely the best player in this trade is Hopkins. But this package here is pretty good, too. Hopkins value dropped, in my opinion, but not too far after he was traded to Arizona. I still have him as my number four ranked wide receiver behind Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams. I still think that there are some questions about him now that he's in Arizona with obviously a younger coach, a younger quarterback, and really a quarterback and a coach who have a history of spreading the ball around on offense, especially compared to the target type of hog that he was in, in Houston with Deshaun Watson. I don't think he's ever going to get the number of targets that he had in Houston, so his value has to drop a bit. When it comes to the other players on this, Cortland Sutton is still an ascending player. Uh, he's risen to be my number 22 ranked wide receiver right now. I'm not too threatened by the added target competition that he has now with the two rookies that they uh, picked up in the draft and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. Sutton wins in a different way than those two guys do. And after two years of NFL experience, I think that they're going to be a little bit behind him as far as becoming the number one wide receiver there. I still think Sutton has the number one side for the years to come on that team and has a unique set of skills that the other smaller guys don't. As for Justin Jefferson, I have him ranked as my number seven rookie, but in this draft, he fell to the first pick of the second round, so to pick number 13. So this owner uh, must have liked Jackson's potential in Minnesota like I do, and so he was willing to make a trade even though it meant selling his best player. As for Sony Michelle, <laughs> I think he's like an excellent throw-in in this trade. Um, if you follow me, you know that I've stated before that I believe Damian Harris is going to replace Sony Michelle this year as a lead back in New England. Um, but I have to admit, I could be wrong. We all have to be honest about how we could be wrong, right? And it's Michelle's job to lose to start the season. And so it'd be difficult to lose Hopkins, but I think I would do it for this package of players, even in, F- F- even in an FFPC league. I like the Sony Michelle, Cortland Sutton, and Justin Jefferson side compared to DeAndre Hopkins. Next one was pretty big trade with a tight end and a tight end premium league, another FFPC trade. It was Zach Ertz and a 2020 second, 2021 second round pick was traded for DJ Chark and Noah Fant. So downgrade at tight end going from Ertz to Fant, but you're picking up a receiver in DJ Chark. But the Ertz side is also picking up a 2021 second round pick. Ertz in this league in the FFPC, which is tight end premium, he was the 37th highest scoring player last year, including quarterbacks. If you take out all the quarterbacks, he would have been the 14th highest scoring player overall. So I would not be willing to sell him in a a second round pick. I would would not be willing to sell him and a second round pick for Shark and Fant. I love Dallas Goddard, and I own him in this actual actually in this league, but he's just not better than Ertz. And I don't think he's going to take over the starting role at tight end unless Ertz is injured. Carson Wentz loves Urch. He's targeted him. He's actually a good friend of his, which may say a little something. I don't expect a drop in production 
that the others have predicted for Ertz the last few years. Now, Fant does have tremendous upside in Denver. He's an incredible athlete, but the Denver offense is not really built around tight ends, where I really believe Philadelphia offense is built around tight ends. It, of course, it looked like it way more last year because all their receivers were hurt. But even before that, Ertz was one of the most targeted tight ends in the league, and I don't think that's going to stop even if the receivers get healthier if Jalen Rager becomes a superstar there at Philadelphia. Denver also has far better wide receivers than Philadelphia while we're talking about it. And so Fant's going to have to you know, compete with a lot of other players for, for targets himself. As for DJ Shark on this side of the trade, uh, I think he had the best year of his career last year. I know I'm kind of out on a limb saying that, but I'm just not as high on him as others were at, even after he broke out last year. He barely cracks my wide receiver three range as it is right now. I have him ranked number 36 as a wide receiver. So I would want the Ertz side of this trade, even if it were not a tight end premium league. Give me Ertz and a 2020 second round pick. 2021 second round pick, that is. Next trade I'll talk about was a pretty simple one. It was just straight up Adam Trotman for a 2021 third round pick. This was a trade that was made one day after the draft by an owner uh, who has a host of unproven tight ends on his roster, aside from Mike Kosecki. And the other owner has George Kittle and Hayden Hurst and drafted Albert O in the sixth round. So he's pretty loaded at tight end, where the other guy's kind of grasping trying to find somebody. I think this is a you know pretty fair deal for both sides. Um, I think that the guy that had Kittle and Hurst made the most of the deal by selling him off like he did. At the same time, it was very fair for the player that drafted Troutman because he was drafted in our draft, in this draft that I was part of, he was drafted as 3.8 in a 10-team league, so pick number 28. And so now he's going to get another third-round pick next year. So right about fair, right? Right in the middle. I will say, though, on the other side, Troutman was my number one ranked rookie tight end. So I do believe that he traded for the best tight end in this class. So pretty fair all the way around. I think I would, uh, given the other guy that had Kittle and Hurst, I think just selling Troutman back to get a third rounder next year, it's a pretty good move too. Next pick I'll uh, draft, uh, trade rather that I'll talk about was Brandon Ayuk went for a 2021 first round pick. Now this one perplexed me a little bit. This trade took place in a 10-team league where the owner moved up to 2.5, so pick number 15 in a 10-team league. He moved up to 2.5 to get Ayuk. I like Ayuk. Um, I drafted it in my Reality Sports Online League. You can read about why my buddy Dave Brown and I drafted him. But we drafted him at pick number 18, and this guy was willing to draft trade up to number 15 and give away a 2021 20, first-round pick. I think that's just too much. Now, this rookie class is particularly deep, and you could argue that the middle second, middle of the second-round guys are, are just as good as first-rounders in normal drafts. But I, I think we could be saying the exact same thing next year. We always get kind of hyped up in whatever rookie class we're in. And we think it's going to be better than the next year. And so I think that uh, the same owner that traded up for 15, he had pick 11. He had the first pick of the second round at 2.1 where he drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, I would have rather drafted Ayuk there if I was that high on him and kept my 2020 first round pick. So this is the real principle behind this. It's hard to do when you're in the draft and you're on the clock because there are so many good players and you're eager to add players to your team. But if an owner offers me a future first-round pick while I'm in the second round, I almost have to take it. If you just, just if you do that perpetually, time after time after time, you're going to have better and better and better prospects on your team. Someone wants to trade up into the second to give me a first, I'll do it. For the, for the most part, I'll do that the other way around too. If someone wants to trade up into the second, and or rather if someone's trying to trade up to the third to give me their second, 
I'm going to take the second. Now, after that, it probably doesn't really matter. I think after the third round, that's kind of a crapshoot altogether. But anytime someone wants to give me a first for a draft pick in the second or a second for a draft pick in the third round, I would take it. And so I really like what the owner did here, being able to sell that off, be patient, look at the guy and say, all right, I'm going to put this off till next year, but I'm going to grab me another first round pick. Good job by that owner, I think. Two more to talk about here. This is a big deal. And this one was Kenyon Drake was traded for Philip Lindsay, Rob Gronkowski, and a first round pick in 2021. So Kenyon Drake for three players, Philip Lindsay, Rob Gronkowski, and a 2021 first. This was a bold trade in one of my favorite leagues, my diehard league. Well, it is my favorite league. There are a lot of teams in, in there, there that are really weak at the RB2 position. And I know that the owner who purchased Drake has a solid team at every position except RB2. He has Marlon Mack and Mark Ingram, so he got hurt in the draft. But that said, in this year's rookie draft, he drafted Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. So he has those backfields locked up in Indianapolis and in uh, Baltimore. Because of this, I think that I would have chosen to be more patient in a more patient route and, and really wait on the, you know, wait on, wait to see if Dobbins, when Dobbins and Taylor actually become the lead backs. But instead, he got a little antsy, I think, and wanted to have someone who he thought could be starting for sure right away in the security of Drake. One, I don't think that Drake is really that secure. I do think he'll be the lead back, but I think that Chase Edmonds is going to challenge him for snaps more than we realize. Uh, Drake's breakout games were all during the period of time that uh, that Edmonds was hurt. And so we've not seen them really in the backfield together. I think it's going to be more of a split than they think. So that's kind of what he was thinking. The 2020 first round pick is the best part of this trade, I think, because uh, Gronkowski is certainly a fading asset. I suspect he'll have very limited snaps this year or maybe his next year at Tampa Bay if he stays on. Lindsey's value, of course, dropped significantly after being replaced by Melvin Gordon. But he's a really good handcuff in case Gordon gets injured, and, and he may pre- prove to be more effective in a change-of-pace role anyway. I understand why each owner did what they were trying to do here. It's close, but I really favor the long-term approach taken by the owner that was willing to pick up 2021 first, grab Lindsey, get rid of Drake, grab Gronk just to see if something happens this year. But I like it. I think I would almost trade Drake for a 2021 first uh, straight up, but probably not. Adding Lindsey and Gronk, that definitely would do it for me. Finally, one more pick, one more trade that happened was Antonio Gibson and a 2021 second and third round pick for Sony Michelle and a 2021 third round pick. So they swapped third round picks next year. So we can just kind of cross those out. I don't know which team of these is going to be better, but let's just call that about a wash. So it ends up being really Antonio Gibson in a 2021 second for Sony Michelle. And I really, uh, this trade is real hard for me because I'm not a fan of either player. Like I don't like Gibson where he's being drafted and I don't like Sony Michelle. So this one's hard for me. I've written before that I'm very surprised that Gibson was drafted so high in rookie drafts after having little production in his college career. He was also drafted to a uh, as a running back. They quoted him as a running back, but a, on a very crowded team that has very proven vets on their team, as well as Darius Geis, who still has a chance to break out and has more draft capital than Gibson already by himself, being drafted in the second round instead of the third. So as I've, as I've stated before in this podcast, I also don't really like Michelle because I think Damian Harris is going uh, to take over his role this next year. So I can see why a team would want to trade for Michelle and give up the picks, thinking that he has a player that at least he's seen. Sometimes I like to do that. I like to trust the player that I've at least seen versus the one that I haven't. Um, but here it was pretty 
pretty hard to do. I do prefer players that I've seen compared to rookies or draft picks most of the time, but in this case, I don't like what I've seen in Michelle overall. I feel like he's a he's a falling asset. I think I would favor the unseen of Gibson and the added 2021 20, second round pick here. The 21 20, 21 second round pick was enough to put me over the top. I like the Gibson and the second round pick side. Those are some of the trades. Like I said, it wasn't all. We had several more that went down, but this gave me a chance to talk about some players that I haven't talked about before, as well as the ones that were more relevant. Agree with me or disagree with me. Either way, you see now what some people are valuing uh, in their in their own willingness to trade, get rid of players and or to acquire players. Hope that helps you think about your players on your team. Maybe you have some of those guys as well. That's going to do it for this week then, my friends. It's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. I am much better on, on email than I am on Twitter. So that's the best way to contact me, dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate your support. I want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty land- landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get free. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.